home life it's home plus life podcast hey 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 Welcome back. Welcome to the new year. Yeah, happy twenty twenty four, people. Yeah, we're we're in. I think we're into our second episode of the new year, but our first recording session of the new year. Mm-hmm. So, uh, welcome everyone to twenty twenty four. Welcome to the Home Life Podcast in twenty twenty four. If you're just joining us for the first time, welcome first and foremost. Um, I'm one of your hosts, JH, and, and I'm Sion. Yeah, and we thought. You know, with look the housing crisis of housing affordability, this is mental. It's everywhere. It's been everywhere for years. It's in the press and everything like that. And we thought it'd be a great way to start off the new year, talking about Australia's most affordable places to buy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, realestate.com.au released a list of a of, uh, hundred suburbs. We're not going to go through all of them, uh, but there's some really really cool stuff. That's in nationwide, fact, not nationwide, just nationwide. one particular. Um, but in fact, the headline they ran with, which was pretty cool, I thought, home for $130,000. I mean, that that hasn't been the case since the 90s, yeah. at least not, not in metro areas. I, but, know, uh, I know a lot of people are going, yeah, but how far away from anything are yeah. we? And look, we'll, we'll talk about that as well um, and, and we'll dive in. But look, I think talking about affordability, talking about house prices in general, I think you know, there's never a better time to get a free house price report and to know exactly what your home is worth in the current market, particularly the market we've had over the last few years. It has been crazy. Uh, so it's a really good good way to just know where you stand, know what is happening in your area and around you, what properties are selling for, what yours might sell for, and just arm you with the information you need to make the best selling decision or staying decision uh, possible for you and your family. So, of course, Check My House Price is a sponsor of the podcast. So, checkmyhouseprice.com.au or checkmyhouseprice.co.nz for our New Zealand listeners uh, across the ditch, mm-hmm. as they say. Um, don't let my Australian accent fool you. I'm, I've got Kiwi parents, even though I'm Australian-born. So, I, yes. I'm, I'm a cross-Tasmanite. But one thing that you do have to know is knowledge is power, especially in the housing market. Yeah. So the more information you have at your tiny little t- fingertips, the better you are when it comes to making decisions. Yeah, look, absolutely. And I think that's that's probably the theme of the next few years in our in our housing market, in our real estate market. Um, and I just realised that I didn't put hit record. <laughs> so we need to hit record on, on the cameras. So that's on me, but uh, we'll, we'll get the rest of this. There may not be a full video episode of this up and about, but that's all right. Or we could just start again. No, no, we'll just keep rolling. We'll just keep we'll rolling. keep rolling. Yeah. One take, hashtag one take. I'm calculating. I don't do two takes. And you, you, you make do fun two of takes. me I of don't not do pressing two. the right buttons. Well, yeah. you know what? At least I get them fluffed up, but uh, I can't hey, say I, that I, I don't Look, forget. I've spent too much time around you and your non-button-pushing ways don't have rubbed off on even. me. even. Yeah. That's, I press the bu- I press buttons. They're you, just not you, in the right order. You got the buttons right today. Um, I, and I, didn't I, and actually, I didn't. I got the record button right. Yeah, you I did just, the other one. <laughs> yeah, but the that's the long intro. We're we're now swapped to a short intro anyway. But yeah, so housing affordability always a hot topic. Let's talk about the most affordable suburbs. But let's talk the top ten for houses specifically. 
And so are we talking one, about the affordability or are we talking we'll, we'll about the start, cheapest suburbs? We'll start with the most affordable suburbs nationally, the top 10. Yeah, okay. Um, number one's over in WA, which is not really a surprise. Like it could have been, it could have gone many different ways. It could have been WA, could have been Northern Territory, um, but it's over in WA and it's Rangeway, WA, which is, if you look up Rangeway on um, a, like on Google Maps, it's an outer-lying sort of western suburb of Geraldton. And Geraldton is actually kind of like, it's it's a metro area. It's a bit of a port on the West Australian coast. From memory, I have been to Geraldton. We drove, when we first came back to Australia, we drove from Perth all the way up and around, and we went Perth to Geraldton. Um, was was one of our first legs and first stops. And from memory, it's a port town that's built on the coast there, so you're pretty close to everything. It's not huge, but there's enough there that it's, like I wouldn't. So it, it's of, definitely not a one street town. Like it's kind of like um, what is it? Devonport and what's yeah, the other one? Yeah, a Burnie down in Tassie, yeah. or um, you know, it's it's Newcastle? probably Newcastle. Not no, that New, Newy's Newy's big compared like comparatively. Right, uh, it'd be kind of more along the lines of like a Harvey Bay, but maybe a little bit smaller than a Harvey Bay. But that kind of Harvey Bay isn't that big. No, I know, but it's it's a little bit smaller than a Harvey Bay, um, but it's not like it's not like Agnes Waters, okay. right? It's not like a tiny little seaside town, yeah. Right, there is business, there is industry there, and that, and yeah. So like this Rangeway, uh, one hundred and seventy four thousand dollars. Yeah, right. Yeah, and is yeah. that near beach? Is that no, that's that's back from the beach and that sort of thing. Like looking at it on the map, I mean, it's not that far. Like obviously, Geraldton's not all that big. I, I can't really see. You sort of whipped it. I was just okay. So it's like the equivalent of let's say, I suppose, Moray Field from in Queensland. I, no, Moray Field. Moray Field is is a lot further away from the coast. Like it's a lot closer to the coast than Moray Field. Yeah. So in Queensland, so. Look, it's it's you're probably five minutes from the beach by car. Yeah. To be perfectly honest, so it like that kind of price. Um, you know, there's there's properties that are selling at that kind of price in that area. Tell you what, you could do worse. You could. You could definitely do worse. I mean, um, I am looking at these ones that you are talking about, and they are they tend to be just so that a lot of just so that people are going, oh my god, like cool, let's do this. A lot of these cheaper suburbs are in smaller regional areas. Yes, they are. These, they are. these are, so we, please we understand. We have a list of the we ones We are that not metros. saying that, I think I've got them here. Have you got the, the metro ones? Metro suburbs. Yep, you've got the metro. Yep, yep. There we go. Um, yeah, so, so yeah, he, he, just so that you guys are going, like who I've, are I've in got, WA going? City that's went nowhere near it. Like we understand, this is yeah. cheapest suburbs in regional areas. But then we do also have, uh, like, I've got a metro one here, um, and I do apologise for people over in WA because I have heard people from WA say two different ones of saying this is Mandura. Mm. But then I have also heard people say Mandra. So I don't know. I don't I, know. I actually, when I saw Mandra on the list, 
Um, and- I, I reached out to Bo Bremer, uh, who's who's an agent and a mate of ours in uh, in Mandura. He sells in Mandura. And I sort of said to him, I said, how far away from Perth is Mandura? And he said, oh, it's about 60 k's from Perth City, like the CBD. So it's not that far. So it's not, it's not all that far. Um, you know, and he gave me a quick single sentence, like just on Messenger, throwaway line. He goes, yeah. it's a great little beachside suburb, plenty going for it. Yeah. So um, they've got they've got price the median sale price as being three ninety. Yeah, and so which this is, is this is a metro is, suburb, by the way. So yeah, we've we've got two lists that we're bouncing off here. We've got one that's just the most affordable. Uh, well, the reason why I'm saying, and then we're also you're looking talking at metro. about yeah. WA. So that's the reason yeah. why I was just pointing out that we understand that this could be more of your regional areas that. JH is talking about, and I've just started going, well, going with the WA theme a little bit closer to metro areas. Yeah. Mandura, Armadale. And particularly, if you're you're working in the gig economy, if you're working digitally, even if you're a tradie, um, you know, there's these kind of areas, like Geraldton's got a reasonable population, um, but these kind of areas are great areas to start. Mm. And to, to build up from. Yeah. Um, and, and to get into the property market. Um, Sometimes if you're just wanting a seascape or yeah. a, a treescape. Because we've got, of, we've got Bowie things, here, so Bow Desert in Bow Queensland Desert. is one 565. One of the things that I have always daydreamed about is finding a little sleepy seaside town that no one's realised yet that's still dirt cheap, buying and just setting up. So essentially up. what I'm hearing here is, here is potentially you want our children to kind of be like round the twist kids. <laughs> I think it's too late for that. I think they're already round the, the twist. Yeah, I mean, they've, <laughs> they've been raised by us. Um, but look, jumping into like there's Mount Morgan in Queensland's at 177. So that's central Queensland. That's uh, It looks a couple of hours in, inland from Gerald, uh, not Geraldton, sorry, uh, Gladstone. Yeah. Uh, there, so and there's a mine there. So obviously that's something that's cropped up around a mine, a rural plus mining uh, combined area. Uh, you've got Blackwater in Queensland as well. Look, I've never been to Blackwater. We did a little bit of a hunt, but there doesn't seem to be much there. But that's central Queensland, 207,000. Look, Black Blackwater um, and, it, like, if you're wanting that sleepy kind of town way of living Mm. and a lot of people are going that way considering that you know now nbn is starting to be getting momentum with you know regional areas now um that you know when it comes to people working away and coming back into the city i think we're starting to go back to what it was like in the 1960s and 70s where it was like dad would come home for the weekend meanwhile he's out you know working comes home for the weekends, goes back out. So they come home to the regional areas yeah. where mum and the kids and are. We, we and talked about that council too uh, a little while back that yeah. it had developed their own land and, and they were close on the railway. It, and was, it was only last was it, month. It was yeah. last month. But, but it was like a two-hour two train ride in to Melbourne, mm. right, and people were quite happy to make it. Um, and, and obviously, you know, to get I feel that Blackwater's a little bit further I think Blackwater's a little bit further. But one you thing know, that I did see is Tagulawa. Now, I'm surprised that Tagulawa isn't on this list. Well, Tagulawa's at, at a, a median of 402,000. That's why it's not on this list. Because this, this list tops out. So Longreach is at 241. Right. Right. So you're talking different, like, 
This is capital city suburbs. Saying, well, it's saying Ipswich, but I've been to mm. Tukulawa and it's not very cl- – it may <laughs> be in the uh, Ipswich Council, but it's, council, it's out there, yeah. But it is yeah, – I feel you know, you know it would one, be closer to drive to Toowoomba. <laughs> you know the one that sparked my interest on this list? Talking about the, the suburbs nationally and, and the sort of more rural and out there suburbs mm. was Port Augusta in South Australia. Like it's, it's about – Three three and a half hours out of Adelaide, three hundred k's or something out of Adelaide yeah. by road, um, but it's right up in that that sort of cove between two peninsulas, I guess. Yeah, and then there must be a river that comes up through it. And I just looked at that and I went, "You've got so much water." And I mean, for me, being close to water is is amazing. It's a relatively decent sized town. Like searching it and and look. Prelim, very early day research, looking on Google Maps and things like that. Um, it just it seemed to have a lot there so, for what is supposedly a rural uh, town well, where, I, where the median price is 217000 Well, do you want to know the crazy thing? And this is something that I had heard many a people say, and they're like, do you know what the best thing is about South Australia? The road coming out of it. Now, there has been – now, don't get me wrong, South Australia people, I love Adelaide. So, please understand why, you know, I'm quite happy for people to think that and to keep that kind of price happening down there. Like, I'm quite happy A lot of people say that about Tassie, right? Like, they they talk about how the the, Yeah, but they've got a moat and they're not afraid to use it. Exactly. And I love that. I don't know. For me, these areas appeal because they're a different pace. Yeah. And I think I think that's what I me personally, and I'm speaking emotionally here. I'm not speaking from a spreadsheet investment advice point of view because I, I don't have those qualifications. But speaking personally, you know, it's what appeals to me about Tasmania. What appeals to me like about places like Port Augusta is they appear, at least on the surface and at a cursory glance and a cursory visit, to be the kind of places where you work to live, not live to work. Yes. And and that really really appeals. Mm. Um, but let's jump across. Like there's there's a couple of spots in Tassie. I was actually surprised. There's a outlying suburb of Hobart that made the list of the top ten most affordable capital city suburbs. And Gagebrook would... in Tassie has a medium price, and it's just a, looking at the maps and that we've we've been in this area. It's probably twenty five minutes out of Hobart. So for someone from the mainland, like twenty five minutes is that's nothing travel time. Mm. Right, particularly if you've been East Coast, Melbourne, Brisbane, Sydney. If you you're driving into work and that, twenty five minutes, we're all we're all used to that. Three hundred and seventy three thousand. Yeah, I and think, it's got some views. Yeah. Well, look, I'm going to say something a bit scandalous here. Um, the one thing that I do know is uh, like Wake Wakeley. Is that what it is in Launceston? Waverley. Waverley. I'll I'll look it up. Um, I can tell you right now, some of the views that you have from that place, that suburb, is quite, Mm. quite amazing. However, let's just say that a lot of people would prefer not to live there. So I know so that saying, there's I know that there's people probably locally yeah, to these right, areas right, right. going. Yeah, there's a That's, reason why it's so cheap. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's next to Ravenswood, and we keep getting told Ravenswood is an interesting area because it's near the prison or something to that effect. Am I remembering that correctly? Is that what we were told mm. by a mate who was a former police officer down there? 
I didn't think that there was a prison there. Oh, I maybe. I know I that Risden is the Risden's the prison. Sorry, Risden's the yeah, prison. Yeah, but there's Risden and then there's Risden Vale, and yeah, I yeah, get yeah. the two confused. Yep. Yeah. So Ravens, but Ravenswood was an area we were told by people who live down in Lonnie that you kind of it's it's not the best, uh, yeah. and it's it's a higher crime rate. Was, and There's that's what higher we investor, high, higher investor rental area yeah. as opposed to owner occupier. Yep. So that's the reason why I'm saying here that if there's locals going, yeah, there's a reason why that's so cheap. It's so, and, and that's, that's and part of the at, research. At, at the do. same time, if you're looking to invest as opposed to owner-occupy, then, you know, maybe these things are definitely for you. I do know, like, Bow Desert, I know back in the day Bow Desert did have a pretty bad well, name, it's, but it's, it's actually getting a lot better. It, it is, and there's a cycle and to that's these things. Five sixty-five is but the median price. There's, there's a cycle to these things, and and this is... Isn't it normally 20 years? Uh, it, it depends on the... Like, the last 10 years has thrown our property market yeah, into all sorts of chaos, but... Essentially, what happens you you end up with an area that becomes essentially a low socioeconomic housing prices are cheap and that sort of thing. There's a lot more investors, properties aren't looked after as well, mm. higher crime rate, all that sort of stuff. And what will often happen is over a period of time, the price of the properties that are there starts to attract first home buyers, starts to attract renovators, starts to attract people who, for lack of a better term, gentrify the area. They start to bring it up. They start to pretty beautify it. Um, and well, that's because it's cheaper. That increases, so people go in there first home there's, buyers. There's we're more going to renovate. Benefit, we're all going that, to sell. Yeah. We can get into the property leave. market. We yeah. can we can pay it off quickly and we can then rent it out and use it as equity. Like There's all sorts of forces that, that lead to this starting to change, mm. right? And so once the first home buyers and, and the renovators and that have, have started to bring it up, often you'll find during that process there's expansions, there's, you know, people increase the size, all that sort of stuff. And then you get your second families yes. coming in. And it starts to build up and increase the value of the property and suddenly it becomes sought after. Because at the same time that's happening, urban sprawl is happening with population growth. Mm. Um, and this happens on the mainland all the time. Mm. There is one suburb that I have seen in, in 15 years of real estate and running the numbers and that, that and I stress that I've seen, there's probably more than one suburb nationwide, but there's one that I have seen and had experience with that has not really yet had that effect yeah. and it's been and maintained the same reputation for 30 plus years yeah. and that's Eagleby, yeah. right? Eagleby, like yes, the property values have increased, but they've never seen that gentrification, that beautification, that, that sudden, like they've just increased... With the market, there hasn't been that sudden change it, it's in ridden the coattails of surrounding suburbs, as opposed to being yeah. its own. But it's it's in terms of its demographics and that it hasn't changed a hell of a lot. Yeah. So it's still heavily investor, heavily rental. Yeah. Um, you know, crime rate, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Right. Um. So maybe it's because yeah. it's hiding behind a hill. Look, it could be that it could be that it's kind of stuck on one side of the highway where there's not much else there other than that. Um, yeah. I, I'm I'm not sure, but it's it's sort of bucked the trend of that. But if you can pick that part of the cycle, you can find value, build value, increase equity, and so forth. And often that's that's what a lot of people do. They come in at that point mm. where that suburb is about to shift, and sometimes that's out of necessity. They you know they can only afford to buy in in that area, mm. um, and but they buy in that area and they kind of turn a blind eye a little bit to the negatives of it. Mm. 
because the benefits of it and what they can see in the potential in the future, they can see, they go, you know what, it's worth it, we're going to cop this. And then they reap the benefits 5, 10, 15 years later. Um, Interestingly, Herdsman's Cove is next door to Gagebrook. And a quick look and a look at some of the properties. I like how you say this as though I know. This this is in Tassie. (laughs) They've got, there's some water views in those suburbs too. There's some pretty amazing views. Quite honestly, there's really not a lot of places in Tasmania where near the water, like suburb near the water, that you wouldn't actually have. Yeah, Tassie's Tassie's pretty uh, pretty view rich. Yeah. Um, But you've also got so obviously Mandura's on this list, most affordable capital city suburbs as well. It's on your list over there. and, and we've talked about the Mandura. other one Reach out is, to Bo Bremner, by the way, um, from, from Team Bremner Property. And just if you're after something, he'll be able to find you something there. Uh, Mandura is – I like Mandura. I've done a little bit of study. I've worked with Bo a little bit. Do you know what? Bit. I've never been to – well, now I haven't ever been to WA or Northern Territory. Yeah. So – Yeah, no, we've got to change that at some point. Um, Elizabeth North in Adelaide. Never heard of it. Look, it's one of those suburbs because, of course, our mate, we've got a couple of mates down there and, and we go and visit and, and they talk about Elizabeth well, in the Smidge same... Well, Smidge is down there. Of course we have down to there. go down there. But Elizabeth is is considered, again, that that area that is, is more investor than owner-occupier that's that... That area that people who know the area kind of try to avoid or, or don't really necessarily want to be there for all of or the reasons. Or buying there. Uh, or buying there. You know, there's there's uh, the innuendo is the crime rate and so forth uh, is is there. But at 368000 as a median house price, mm. I'm not surprised that this is sitting on this top 10 most affordable. And I wouldn't be surprised if that area saw decent growth over the next couple of years and started to see that beautification? Look, I think now is starting, especially now that, you know, the world has morphed into, you know, online. Mm. So if you're, if you, if you're quite happy to wait a couple of weeks or um, to send something back to get on the other size or whatever, you just don't have the time to go to the shops and, you know, now that there's places that you can work from home that are more of your hybrid kind of work, um, you know, all of that sort of stuff, these types of, you know, potential living, providing that you can go and do your research. So, you know, go and check out what your local schools are like. Go and check out um, even the other good way is to have a look as to the retirement area. If there is, if you find, because um, there's one place, uh, you know, we live in the Redlands and the Redlands does have quite a few different retirement villages, um, you know, especially Victoria Point, that seems to be the, the hub for it. Uh, but also have a look to see as to what the future development is going to be. So is there going to be your shopping centres that are being put in? Is there going to be, um, you know, a transport hub? So, uh, you know, bus stations, train stations, all of those types of things. Uh, Go and have a look, do your research into each place so that when it does come to investing, if you're investing and you're just going, okay, we're going to live here for a couple of years just so that we can um, get into the housing market so that we can go somewhere else, 
check out those things because there could be, by the time that you go to sell, you may turn around and go, you know what? All of this development is actually happening. Why do we really want to leave? You know what? It's it's funny. You mentioned that. So Mandura is number five on the list. Mm. Number six on the list is another Western Australian suburb called Medina. Um, and that is actually a hell of a lot closer to Perth. Mm. Like it's, it's between Perth and Rockingham uh, yeah. having a look on it. So you know, you're probably 15, 20 minutes outside of Perth mm. as opposed to probably an hour for Mandura or, yeah. or 45 minutes. Um, and that's at 389 on my list. But also have a look as to what, like, other suburbs that are around, do they have those types of shopping hubs? Because if you don't necessarily, like, how many people these days, like, I can't even tell you the last time that I went into Brisbane City to actually do something out oh, look, it's, it's a lifestyle. And there's there's different people with different yeah, lifestyles. Yeah, I know that. There. But at but the same time, majority of people, even a lot of people I know, they'll avoid the CBD as much as they possibly oh, the can. the traffic's a nightmare. Pure, well, not just because of the traffic. It's because everything that's offered in the CBD is now offered anywhere else that's, like, closer. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know. Look, there's, there are a lot of options out there. And it's, it's interesting going through this list and this most affordable list because – in years past, the most affordable list has really not been great. Mm. Like you kind of looked at those suburbs and went, oh, they're still miles out they, from anywhere. Well, we're or getting, they go we're affordable, but still within the main metro area. And you're just like, okay, who can actually afford that? And and some of those, some of those suburbs actually, yeah, that's the other thing <laughs> is affordable is like, like, where is it? Uh, one of these lists here, I looked at it and they're like, Here's the most affordable metro one. This one. And we're talking medium price. So what is it? Uh, most affordable metro oh, here we go. in the Hot 100 list. Uh, North Hobart, 834000 Oh, Glenmore Park. 1035000 And then I get that, you know, if, you're, if you are buying a house and you're, you're selling one to buy a house, that probably is affordable for, for a lot of people because mm. you've, you've obviously done well and you've created equity and so forth. But if you're a first home buyer looking for an affordable suburb. Going, oh, that's cute. There's like, for a lot of first home buyers, a million dollars is out of reach. Well, well, if you have parents that won't go guarantor for you. Yeah. Like you got to have that saving there. Yeah, absolutely. And then what's the average... Average age now of a first home buyer? I haven't checked it in a while, but last time I checked it was 34. I think it's actually increasing though. Like yeah. my gut would tell me it's increasing, but I haven't looked at it in a while. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we were at 36 now. Yeah. Yeah. So therefore, that means that people who are younger, who... Yeah, it, it, uh, it, it creates uh, an opportunity of, too. sort of a little bit more of the freak of nature when it comes to the real oh, estate. Not, not so much. I think, you know... I'm and, talking and, about averages. They're the averages, but props to the younger generation as well, because those who do have that that housing goal and that ownership goal, they're very very focused. Yes, and and they're achieving it. I I think we're going to see that age start to level out, like yeah. that that average first age, I suppose and we're going to see a lot more stories of younger people are coming through. But one of the things that is normally is clear is when you read these stories, often they start small. Mm. And they start in one of these suburbs and, and then they build, they build up and they build on top of it. Yes, because what they do is they go, I'm going to live at home with mum and dad. I'm going to have this you know, investment property 
um, that I'm going to get someone to move into while I'm paying this mm. off. And then at the same time, so they're doing their little saving and putting away and, you know, doing it that way. And then they go, hold on, instead of me going and selling that, I'm actually going to borrow against it so that I can go and buy somewhere else that's within yeah. that area. And then they bought, start up a little portfolio and then they go, all right, now it's time for me to go and settle down and buy somewhere. And sure, instead of mum and dad going go out and tour for them, they're doing the whole, um, you know, we're helping you to become financially independent by allowing you to stay here as opposed to going guarantor. So you're doing yeah. this all by yourself essentially and we're just helping out where we can. So, you know, like there are ways around it. It's just I think the way that our whole brains work when it comes to what was, where it was, you got married, you bought a house. Oh, the world is changing. Kids. The expectations. Whereas now changing. it's yeah. stay at home with mum and dad, get a job, invest in a place like this so that you've got someone in there helping you pay off as your, and then eventually go, all right, do I sell this place or do I reinvest? Look, and, and to be fair, there was a lot of that when you and I were coming through our, our late teens and early 20s. Yeah, but the issue know, is I in, hang on, the issue is in yours and my experience is that we couldn't stand living at home. If we could, if we could have stand and living at home, we probably would have done things a lot differently. But we we couldn't. See, handle, we couldn't. I could have done it. <laughs> I couldn't have. I I well, I had to do it. Best birthday present I, I ever got was two weeks rent for my I, birthday. Well, I had to do it because I was actually paying week to week for my study. So that's where I invested my money was yep. in me. Um, <laughs> funny thing, don't actually do anything to do within that field now. Um, but, uh, I, I think if you've got, if you've got a younger person within your household that is working, that doing this type of thing and getting them to save up and then doing it, like my little cousin did it. That's how Lukey, Lukey did his thing. Amazing tattoo artist down in Sydney, if you're looking for one, um, he, you know, he did that. He worked his butt off. He went and invested in his own you know, property and his parents helped out with, you know, supporting him while he saved. Um, and yeah, like has an awesome place in like, I forget where it is exactly. It's not metro metro, but it's still within, I think, greater Sydney area. Yeah, yeah. No, he's, he's so, done really, really well. Yeah. But just quickly, there's, there's one more thing I want to touch on. So we'll recap the top 10 lists here. And then I want to handle some social media comments or one particular comment on TikTok. It's awesome. We got, it was an angry comment, but it was also awesome because, you know, shout out even to the trolls because they helped the algorithm. But it's, <laughs> it's also a thought that I, I suspect a lot of people would be having. And the point that they raise is a good one to raise and discuss. So we'll jump into that in a sec. But let's recap. So the 10, top 10 most affordable suburbs nationally uh, for houses, you've got Rangeway WA in number one, Mount Morgan in Queensland, number two, Blackwater in Queensland, number three, Wyala Nori in South Australia, number four, Port Augusta, South Australia, number five, Wyala Stewart, South Australia, number six, Cobar, New South Wales, number seven, Spalding WA, number eight, Ingham, Queensland, and Longreach, Queensland, rounding out the top 10. And then the top 10 most affordable capital city suburbs for houses, uh, Elizabeth North, South Australia, Malden, Northern Territory, and Darwin, uh, Gagebrook, Tasmania, Hobart, uh, Grey, Northern Territory, Darwin, Mandura, WA, so that's obviously Mandura, 
Medina WA, Perth Southwest, uh, Herdsman's Cove, Tasmania, Hobart, and that one's at 396. Everything before uh, Herdsman's Cove is under 396. Uh, 1,000, that is. Smithfield Plains, South Australia, Adelaide North, 401. Tagulawa, Queensland, Ipswich, 402, though I think that one's in there on a technicality because of how far Tagulawa is. And Koongamia, hopefully I haven't offended anyone with that pronunciation, Western Australia, Perth's northeast at 403,000 median. So they're your most, the top 10 most affordable uh, capital cities and most affordable suburbs full stop around the nation. Um, we should probably do an episode on the most expensive and, and talk about those and, and daydream what we'd do if we won the, the US Powerball and had a billion dollars. Um, the US Powerball of which they take like 75% of it. Look, I, I because would, of taxes. I would still walk away with two hundred and fifty million happy just quietly. <laughs> two hundred and fifty million US I might add too. So this is true. that's about three hundred and fifty, three seventy five million Australian. I'd I'd be pretty happy with yeah, that. Yeah, this is true. Uh all right. So comment on uh episode thirty three. So episode thirty three, it was a quick shortcut together of uh we were talking about obviously supply and demand, housing crisis and so forth. And uh aggravation and rage is the account name. The profile picture is an upside-down Australian flag. So this tells us everything we need to know. But the point that they raised is one that does need to be discussed because on first glance, it appears valid. And the point that they made is analyze dwelling and con- dwelling construction and population growth. The rates are matched and have been for 40 years. Your info is BS. That's a fair point. Construction, dwelling, population growth... They've been thereabouts, right? But what this data doesn't show is that over the last 50 years, we've gone from averaging 3.6 people per household to 2.4. So, Where's the rest of those people living? Well, that's it, right? (laughs) So we have, for the same population, we have an additional 30% demand for houses. Mm. Okay. Now, on top of that, remember the episode we did, we talked about there's a million houses missing? Yeah. Now, we analysed it, went through it, went, it's not truly a million, but there's still a significant chunk. So let's look at a few stats. There's foreign investors that have about up to 400,000 houses, 440,000 houses, and there's no records as to how many of them are vacant. Mm-hmm. Airbnb boasted the highest number of property listings in Australia in the 2023 year, and that was a record year for them, and it was over 80,000 properties. So there's 80,000 properties that are also not in the market. You've then got properties that are held up in probate, properties that are vacant because no one wants to live in them. Can I just ask... Hang on. Properties that are undergoing renovation, properties that are currently tied up in legal, and also properties where there's a transition happening. So you have 30% increased demand just internally because we're living in smaller households Mm. than what we did before. And yes... The, the construction rate versus population rate may be thereabouts with spikes in different places, but the demand has increased significantly over that period, and that is the, the core problem. Yeah. So the one thing that I have that I want to know is when it comes to the Airbnb, when they've done the stats, is that exclusively like entire place to yourself or is it inclusive of like granny flats and uh, I believe it was entire place to yourself because I I believe there's more listings otherwise, but I can't confirm that. I just got 80,000 
yeah, uh, because properties we all know on that you can yeah. hire a room, but even and hire a room uh, yeah. yeah, but even still, when you think about it, if you are quite happy to do short leasings where that room is being, why is that not on a you know roommate kind of deal? Yeah, and and that's it. So and that's short term accommodation, yeah. right? So that's Airbnb. Keep in mind, there's also stays. There's multiple other apps like that as well. So we can well, probably you find that they're across. Numerous ones. There would be, but there'd also be ones that are on one and not the other for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, so keep in mind, so there's about 1% of our property uh, stock, yeah. for lack of a better term, is taken up in short-stay accommodation. Yeah. We've got 4% taken up by foreign investors or maximum 4% taken up by foreign investors. Yeah. Um, a number, An undisclosed number of which are deliberately left vacant. Yeah. We have 10%. Plus of our properties that where the government's like they're vacant, yeah. Uh, for whatever the reasons are, they're vacant, and at the same time, just on one factor alone, which is the size of our households, we have shrunk the size of our household, the number of people living in a household, uh, from three point six to two point four, literally increasing our demand for houses by a third. So the whole construction staying level with population growth. Right, that's all well and good, except the population's demand has increased by thirty percent above what its population growth has, and that's we need thirty percent more houses because of the lifestyle changes that have come into play. Yeah, Yeah. and I think, like, I get what they're saying, but at the same time, I look at what they're saying and go, you know what? (sighs) Go and say that to someone who doesn't have anywhere to live. And well, not out of choice. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. Not out of Look, choice. My my response was um, a bit tongue in cheek, and I just simply replied and said, "And yet we have a housing crisis. The number of people per dwelling has decreased significantly over that time too. So the need for houses has increased at a greater rate than the population too." Yeah. Um. With with a a, a cheesy grin face, but look. Every I, I an, know an that, account named aggravation and rage. Yeah, I feel I'm, is certainly purposely uh, look, going. Look, I and and I agree, but look, the point that they raised was worth, one worth discussing. Yeah. So shout out to aggravation and rage. Thanks for that. Appreciate the input, uh, even if we don't agree. Definitely appreciate the input on TikTok. Look, and look, you, all your comments do too. Like it, I welcome the trolls because yeah. at the end of the day, it just encourages the algorithm to pump us out there even further and, and get well, the message out further. Well, not just that. It's the fact that you're giving us topics to talk about too. Yeah, so absolutely. In, so in jump a, on jump on our socials, I'm not jump saying on that we have everyone get really angry at us either. <laughs> like, yeah, we've, we've got ex-wives and ex-husbands for that. Yeah. Um, I'm at John Hellaby on TikTok. Uh, the name is JH, so feel free to follow me on TikTok. I'm uh, at John Hellaby on Instagram. Um, Double-checking that actually because I don't think I've ever given out my... My things on. I don't the give podcast. out my things because I don't want people to know that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I'm, you can do my work stuff, which is the the check my the check my side of things. Be happy yeah. to engage you, with you there. I'm at John Hellaby on Instagram, at John Hellaby on Threads. So chuck us a follow, um, and any of the reels we pump up. If you've if you've got some input, by all means, jump on and and give us your thoughts. I'd uh, love to have it. Both good and bad. We're Both not delusional. Yeah. Look, we don't know everything, right? Like we're not we we know enough to be dangerous here. We've done or I've done this for fifteen years. You've been doing this for five, six years. We've 
you know, we've seen a fair bit. We've we've got access to a lot of the data, and obviously, our interpretations is going to be coloured by our our approach and, and our experience and where we've come from, as mm. well as personal and professional. Um, your experience is going to be different, and and I think one of the beautiful things about social media there's there's a lot of negatives to it, but one of the beautiful things is we get to have an open discussion coming from each of our own experiences, mm-hmm. and uh, we can bring different data to the table, different points. And I'm always look, I'm always up to be proven wrong. Um, if you know, bring the evidence, bring evidence from reputable sources, bring yeah, the data, bring the evidence, bring and the evidence. Um, yeah, don't. That's um, that's the Aspie in me coming out. Bring me the evidence. Yeah, I want the data. Yeah, exactly. Always want the data. Well, I'm exactly the same. Mm. I I want to have uh, an educational discussion as opposed to opinions and mudslinging. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, when when people start to troll and mudsling, I start to poke the bear because then it just becomes bad entertainment so, for me. You could also help out anger and aggression. Is that I, what they were called? Uh, aggression and rage, I think okay. it was. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But look, hey, you know, each to their own. Yep, all is, exactly. All is good, all is well. Yeah. So uh, but a, a shout out to uh, to everyone on our socials who's following. Yep. It's early days. We're starting out, you know. we've This is the first time we've mentioned our socials on the podcast. So jump on, say good day, give us your thoughts. We'll probably do more apps where we're talking about people's comments because that's how this podcast started was comments on the Check My House Price ads. Yeah, yeah so. exactly. All right. Well, on that note. Peace out, homies. Peace out. See you around like wristles. <laughs>